0: Hi, thanks for joining us around Great Heart's Table. I'm Randy Greenwald, your host. In listening to this, you are one of a countless multitude, or countless trickle as the case may be. All I know is that you are countless. I have no way of knowing who or how many you are. Nevertheless, it would be a great help and an encouragement if you would leave a rating or review of this with your podcast provider, be it Apple or Spotify or whatever. And if you're able to stop by the Great Hearts Table Patreon page to sign up to support us, this would come at a very important time for us. Yes, it's an important time for Great Hearts Table, but it's also an important time for the church. The church continues to find ways to drive away good pastors, And that's a deadly reality I want to see stop. Thanks for joining me as we think about these things. I have a stack of 3x5 cards I pray through on Sunday mornings. The names on each of those cards are pastors I know. For most, I'm praying that God will fill them with His Spirit and enable them to preach grace to the congregations God has given to them. The other morning, though, I flicked a card out of that stack. Two weeks before that, I'd removed another. My stack is shrinking as America continues to slaughter its pastors. These pastors are not being slain by tribunals or mobs or governments. They're being slaughtered by the church. Randy, you say, your language is overdramatic. I wish it were. But what these pastors, whose hearts have been shaped to serve the church, have experienced at the hands of the church, feels very much like some kind of death. Many by now have read the latest viral account of one of the church's victims. Alexander Lang was, until recently, a pastor in the Presbyterian Church USA. Ministry was his heart. By all accounts, he was good at it but the Church destroyed him. He attributes this to many things, including the hard realities that most of us have faced over the past few years. But he zeroes in on the impossible set of competencies at which pastors are supposed to shine. The American pastor, Lang notes, is expected to excel as a professional speaker, a CEO, a counselor, a fundraiser, a human resources director, and a master of ceremonies, all the while modeling virtuous behavior and managing an exemplary family. To this, I would add that pastors are expected to be visionaries, marketers, and peacemakers, and to possess a deep knowledge of politics, philosophy, history, and the complications of modern medical and sexual ethics, and when our computer hiccups with a message that tells us to see our network administrator, we discover that we're that too. Pastors are complicit in this, of course. We don't protest or push back. Experts online, in print, or on stage tell us what we're supposed to do and we nod our heads. We may just want to shepherd God's people, but we try to give what's asked. And so the beast we have helped create devours us. Well, Jesus, of course, told us that to follow him meant taking up our cross, following him to death if that were necessary, But this feels very much not like what Jesus' words intended. Corey Jackson, pastor of a church in Cary, North Carolina, explores this theme a bit in another recent article. American pastors, he suggests, need to learn from their Chinese counterparts. In choosing to be a pastor, Jackson says, I signed up because I loved to study theology. I wanted to use my gifts, and I felt a sense of calling to ministry. Of Chinese pastors, he says, when they signed up for ministry, they signed up to suffer. It's a good point. Ministry has always been hard, and it's dangerous in many parts of the world. We should not expect it to be different for us, and yet, maybe it is different. The pastors I know who have left ministry would have willingly died for their congregations. I have no doubt that bleeding and pain and suffering on behalf of God's people they would have endured. Without hesitation, they would have faced any foe intent on harming the sheep they loved. What they've not had the heart for is to fight the sheep themselves. Pastor Lang speaks of facing a movement within his own church to have him removed. Such stories could be multiplied many times over. I've great sympathy for those pastors who under such conditions shake the dust off their feet and leave and the church is so much the poorer. I've survived not because I'm better or more savvy. I've survived largely because the congregations I have served have been wise enough to try to keep the devouring beast of overly high expectations mostly at bay. They have cared for and supported me as their pastor They have done so consistently, and not just during that weird, yearly, demilitarized hiatus called Pastor Appreciation Month. But many pastors have not been so blessed. And so author and professor Chuck DeGroat mused recently, we need a revolution of pastoral imagination and practice. Yeah, we do. But revolutions in church culture do not happen easily or quickly. My writing and that of others are tiny cries on behalf of such a revolution. I write to change the way pastors see ministry and to change the expectations congregants place on their pastors. I write to legitimize those who have given their hearts to being pastors, and I write grieving each time a pastor's heart is broken and ministry ended. Revolution is possible, and there's resistance afoot. But until it comes, the casualties will mount. And my plea to the church is to please stop the slaughter. Great Heart's Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found, called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness, called home.